What's up, y'all? And welcome to another episode of Worldly Church Girl. It's your girl, your host, Lillian Harshaw. On today's show, I have the actress, author, radio host, vocal coach, entrepreneur, motivational speaker, you name it, she's done it, and she's continually to do more. It gives me an honor to introduce to you Crystal Joy. There is no doubt that you are a woman of God and a force to be reckoned with, but let's start back to the beginning. You grew up in a Methodist church and uh-huh. you was a pastor's kid, AKA PK. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How would you describe your childhood? Ooh, that's a loaded question, but I'm going to try to reduce it to um, as little as possible, maybe into a paragraph. Okay. Um, I would say that it was very traditional. Uh, in the sense of there were a lot of things my brothers could do that I could not. Uh, and and those traditional things were based upon uh, biblical standards and interpretation. I would say that um, uh, very traditional also in the sense of my mom was the, you know, held the household and raised us. And my dad was a pastor, period and a provider. He was a pastor and a provider. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the gist of it. And, and when we got older, you know how everybody deals with those quote unquote issues, daddy issues and stuff. They were resolved once I got older. Uh, but it, we moved a lot. Oh my God, did we move a lot? It was, I think the only thing that it developed was a lot of anxieties that I had to get over or get through of not being you know, people say they feel like they don't have, they're not grounded or, or like there's no place there, you know, it's like no place like home. Hey, there wasn't a home. <laughs> we were always moving. I never felt settled. I never felt that, um, I could, you know, relax. Uh, I could unpack. There's the word. And that was mm-hmm. probably three paragraphs, but there you have it. But I always felt loved. I always felt like my parents loved me. And my siblings, it was just sporadic. It was extremely sporadic because we never knew when we were going to be transferred to another school. I mean, not another school, another church. And I think I got uh, a tied tongue there about school because eventually I started teaching in the public school system. Uh, It was one of my nine billion jobs and careers. Mm -hmm. And I felt the frenzy every summer because that's when we would get transferred by church. Uh, so every summer, you never knew if you're going to be transferred as a teacher. So, okay. So each time y'all moved, it was uh, because your dad was moved. The pastor was moved to a different church. Right, right. And that's how the Methodist tradition is. Whether it was CME, AME, or United Methodist, uh, they, you know, whoever the bishop is, or uh, if there's been some changes where another pastor has passed away then uh, you would get transferred to another church, possibly. And you just never really knew when that was going to happen. So you were constantly um, wondering what was next. Nothing was consistent except inconsistencies. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I can relate to that because I I consider myself a PK kid, even though my parents were not, preachers or my daddy was my daddy was a deacon 
And my okay. mother was a Sunday school teacher. So uh-huh. there still was a level of standard that we oh, had. Oh, my. You know, and he was a head deacon at that. So, oh, yeah. And over the finance committee. Oh. Yeah. It was a triple threat. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I understand, like, because I have seven brothers. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're all older than me. So I had that rule of there were certain things I couldn't do because I was a girl. But with all these boys up over me, I was just want to be just as rough and tumbling and in pants like they were. <laughs> exactly. I didn't, I didn't think that was fair. So how did you separate yourself from being a PK to just being a K? That's a woo. That's another loaded question. Uh, I didn't feel like I would have the permission to separate that until I was an adult. And sometimes people look at me as being melodramatic or silly or goofy in some cases. Uh, Part of that, I think, is just my personality. And part of it, a big part of it, is I've never really had a full dose of being allowed to be a kid. I was the oldest girl. And I was uh, born very close to my oldest brother as far as time, space in between. And uh, I was responsible for uh, everything. I had to be responsible. There was there were, was never any excuse for a girl uh, to not, you know, my younger sister, she was pretty much uh, free to do whatever to some degree. Um, but with her, it was a feeling of not feeling like she measured up to what I was doing. And my thing was, you don't want to do this. <laughs> You're responsible for everything. You can't even pick your nose without somebody saying you're going to hell. I mean, like that is. <laughs> oh, my God. So, no, I, uh, wow, that's a big question. I never really had a, what people would consider a typical childhood. I was, it was very interesting, and I see that happening even today, where women have a tendency to raise their girls to be women and their boys to just be boys. And um, I saw a lot of um, demands on my life at a very young age uh, until I became an adult. And by the time I became an adult, I didn't feel like it too much Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I always had to be responsible. Even when my mom passed, both sides of my family said the same thing. And it shocked me that they were very concerned about me because they knew if anything was going to be done and done right or done at all, they knew I was going to take up the reins. And um, I knew right then when I kept hearing that from my uh, older relatives, my aunts and uncles and everything, and cousins, when I kept hearing that the first couple of years after my mom passed, I said, something's got to change. I, I used to, there was a part of me deep down that was prideful about the fact that, hey, I got this. It's, it's difficult Uh, even now in some moments, but it's freeing when I make up my mind to say, you know what? They may need some assistance, but I don't have to do it. (laughs) Uh, But it's, on the other hand, um, I love, 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 love to help people. 
whenever I, the one of the things that I absolutely passionately cannot stand is to see people hurt. It, whether it's emotionally hurt, whether uh, it's physically hurt, I find myself gravitating to that person. It could be a total stranger and trying my best to reach out to assist them. And when I had this revelation several years ago, I told my sister that it, I've got this powerful revelation. And when I told her, she said, oh, I thought you were going to say something I didn't know. <laughs> I, I, I was kind of wow. angry. Oh, my gosh. I was angry when she said it, but not angry with her necessarily, but I kind of angry with myself that I didn't realize that that was a, a strength, but a weak point for me, meaning um, I'm very strong about determination to help people. And that has, you know, it's benefits for people. And, but on the other hand, it's a negative thing because I don't need to help everybody. Right. I just need to help the ones that God has called me to help. And I need to take the time and discern who those people are and then what it is I'm supposed to do to assist them. So do you feel that your childhood and young adulthood was your basic training for who you are today? Wow. You do you have a good question box? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, I feel like I'm in therapy class. <laughs> question. Um, mm. You know what? Yes and no. I was so busy trying to be unconsciously and sometimes consciously be whatever everybody assumed I was to be. Uh, and that included helping the universe and everybody in the universe and every galaxy. Um and there's a lot of twisted misinterpretation of scripture and uh, your identity and all of that when it comes to that. Uh, on one hand, yes, but a very tiny way. I think my greatest uh, push to help me to become who I am now actually is all of the hurtful things after that, the painful things that came after that. Um, and those painful things triggered my misinterpretation of my identity. Um, and I think sometimes in all of our lives, the, it <laughs> what does it say that God whispers when you're having a great time and, and screams when you are in pain? I think C.S. Lewis said that, and I'm paraphrasing all of that. It's like you can really, you can kind of hear from God when everything's so beautiful and the world is bright and bubbly and things seem to be going well. You, it's really you that barely hears God. You're just kind of like, oh, okay, God, in a minute. Mm -hmm. But when the pain hits, it's like, dear God, please yeah, stop. To <laughs> exactly. So uh, I was hearing his voice 10 times more in extremely painful situations so that that's what really uh, helped me to, to get to where I am now. I have a friend, he told me once, he said, you're the only person I know that God has sent you five million signals and you won't look at not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> and I think all of us can point, point each other to that direction because sometimes when we get so uh, focused on what that goal is, 
Mm-hmm. Um, or if we get kind of out of sorts and we don't even care anymore, we just grab the next thing coming. Mm-hmm. Um, then sometimes we we can't see. We we can't see what's we going on. We don't want to see. Okay, I didn't want to put that part in there, but now that you have said that, <laughs> <laughs> that's another reason. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm speaking about myself. Oh my goodness! I want to see? I see yeah. it. I just don't want to see it. Yes. <laughs> and it, because it means that you have to make a conscious effort to make a change. That's right. Um, and that means that you're going to lose something. And That's sometimes right. what we're going to lose, we think it's a gold mine, and then we find out that you know what? I didn't really need that. Mm-mm, it was uh, fool's gold. Yes, 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 yes. So um, it's it's. Um, I, I thank God for now in my life. Now I realize uh, so much of what people say, baby, keep on living. I, finally... Girl. <laughs> I get it now. Okay. I, I get it. I get it. I get it. At, at such an early age, you led, uh, you was led to, to the studies of communications and social work. How did that even come about? Oh, wow. Good question. Um, There was a big part of me that just wanted to be uh, a famous actress and artist and all of that. And as though that time period increased, I kept hearing this phrase that I did not like. And that is starving actor. I said, oh, Mm. man, I love to eat. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I said, just the thought of me starving to become, you know, to build up my my uh, 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 my skills and and to build up my popularity to become a famous actress or really a good actress. You know, a lot of people mm-hmm. are famous and they're good. Oh. I said, I'm just to go without eating. It didn't make sense to me. I even tried to make myself anorexic. That sounds really crazy. Uh, in a process of trying to lose weight, but I just love food too much. So I ended up saying, okay, God, what else can I do to have a fallback? Because I believe everybody needs to have some kind of plan B when it comes to employment or careers, because you just never know how the world's going to turn out. Mm-hmm. So I social work was, uh, psychology was very interesting to me sociology and psychology, how the mind works, how the soul and the spirit works, how the body works. So I ended up starting in college just to get away from home. And it was a two-year college and I I needed a major that helped, that could be pretty universal. So social sciences was it. And once I got to a four-year college, um, there was a studio where they taught telecommunications. And I said, boom, that's what I want. I wanted to work behind the scenes and in front of the camera because I said, if I do that, uh, even in radio, I said, if I do that, then I've got all my bases covered. I can Mm -hmm. be actress, producer, director, editor, anything. So I started in there. Uh, And then when I was going through some changes teaching, uh, broadcasting, and then ended up teaching regular academic courses, I said, okay, where am I going with this? And I found myself always counseling people and advising people and praying for people, interceding for people. And 
so I got into social work and I was working on my master's in that. And that was pretty challenging. And there was a teacher who had the power to either cut me loose or allow me to still be in the school. And I had a full scholarship for a master's in social work. And she absolutely hated Jesus Christ Mm. with a passion. Oh, my God. So when she saw how adamant I was about the word, and I was very ignorant about my approach, you know, how we get all this zeal, but no wisdom Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and things that I should have just left alone, something. So she was out to get me from day one. And it was just to size it up. There was a paper that I needed to complete and I completed it. And, but it had been a long time since I'd written uh, research papers. And she said, that is ridiculous. I don't understand it. Uh, and I said, well, do you mind if I do it again or maybe do a different subject? Maybe. And, and she said, sure, fine. I did it again. She said it was worth, she gave me a C minus. Mm. She said worth more than the C plus. And all I needed was a C plus to keep my scholarship. Mm-hmm. She said it was worth more than a C plus, but I'm not giving it to you. Wow. And we were the only ones in the room when she said that. And uh, it was, and she was so nasty proud about it that I was like, okay, she is really not going to, she's just not. Yeah, she's and, not feeling you at all. Well, me or Jesus. And yes. then when I heard a little bit more when she was teaching in, in uh, another, a previous class, I remember her saying the, that she did not, want to hear anything from the Bible. I read it. I don't need to hear it again. It's a waste of my time. Okay. Yeah. So my goofy butt was trying to prove that God was superior. (laughs) I was still, you know, I was in training for social work and in truancy and uh, in the public school system was how I got back into another job full-time because that, that particular degree was full-time. So I got into, um, the school system in in truancy, and then I ended up teaching school. Um, But the part about social work, I think it's just a part of me, a part of wanting to help people, wanting to intercede for people. But I never went back into it, um, even temporarily, because the hurt, the harm, the mess-ups, the uh everything you can imagine that you would not repeat to other people is still going on in households uh it's still going on underground with uh sex trafficking and everything it was killing me lillian it mm. was killing me i put maylox and melanta back on the market <laughs> i was drinking it like water i said <laughs> because there's a book of a title, a title of a book that really hits the nail on the head, The Other 23 Hours. And mm. that's where the hurt was so much for me that I couldn't do anything for them. They would see me for one hour, but what about the other 23 yes. when they had to get into it? So I think that a lot of people do not realize, especially during COVID-19, how many people have been suffering from different types of abuse and uh, and me wanting to just take ever because I was doing counseling for children, 
and me wanting to go in and just find some funding to buy this huge mansion with 9 million bedrooms and hire people to help me raise these kids the right way. Oh God, this is where we just really have to trust you because we, we don't have control over the entire world. No. Describe yourself with one word of each of the gifts that you have. And I'm going to give you the word and then you tell me with one word how it describes you and why that word describes you that way. Wow. You ready? Okay. (laughs) I know I got some good ones. Okay. (laughs) All right. The first word is actress. Authenticity. Authentic. Yeah. Why? Uh, I sometimes drive (laughs) some people up a wall they don't like going to the movies with me. They don't like watching TV shows with me. I got one girlfriend that said, shut up and just watch it. Do not critique it. I could care less if the tears aren't real. <laughs> I, to me, I, if you don't give it every piece of you and do the research of that character and match its, um, oh, there's a, there's a term for it in theater, Method, method acting. I believe you You got to do your research. I believe if you're going to present a character, you give a thousand percent or sit down mm-hmm. uh, because the audience uh, naturally pulls for you uh, to, it's an unconscious thing where the human being that's watching a play goes, okay, that's really messed up, but I know where they're coming from. No, no. I need you to think that I am that person. Uh, there are certain people that I love it, like um, Denzel Washington. When he was playing Malcolm X, I saw Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when um, Jamie Foxx played uh, Ray Charles, I, I I had to see the movie a second time to see if they swapped bodies or something because <laughs> it was just that good. And mm-hmm. I... Oh, and Lori, Lori, what, Fishburne, um, I'm trying to think, Lawrence Fishburne, when he mm-hmm. played Ike in Ike and Tina Turner, I could not watch any films again with him in it because I hated mm-hmm. it. <laughs> well, think about like Danny Glover. Danny Glover had to do a whole lot of stupid comedies after Color Purple because everybody hated him. Oh, yes, yes. And that means he's an authentic actor. Yes. If you're going to do it, and that's with anything, if you're going to do it, give your all to it or sit down um, because you're not really representing the excellence that God has put in you. All right. Next one. Mm -hmm. Vocalist. (laughs) Lazy. (laughs) No, you didn't. Yes, my uh, my mom, uh, I've been singing since I was a little girl, and uh, my dad really narrowed in on me. Uh, I mean, all my siblings can sing, but my dad really narrowed in on me and asked my mom, you know, that's the other thing, you talk about daddy-daughter stuff. I'm standing right here. Why can't you ask me? But anyway, you would ask my mom. So tell her to prepare a song for Sunday. And I'm like, okay, I was standing right there. Why didn't he just, so I sung that Sunday and it's, 
Um, my voice, you know, everybody's voice is unique. Mm-hmm. And I go from, you know, gospel to opera to classical. But in order to do that fluidly, you have to practice. It's You can have a gift, but if you don't practice that gift, uh, you I don't want to say you lose it, but you have to almost start from scratch in some ways. And if as a vocalist and as an artist as a whole, you would think that I would sing all the time to keep my instrument in, in tune and intact, but... I run my mouth so much, I can't do that. My voice teacher told me, she said, Crystal, you have the most, one of the most dynamic operatic voices. And she said, but what do you do for a living? And at that time, I was a receptionist at a TV station. She said, how often do you talk? I said, well, pretty much ongoing. She said, well, either you're going to have to change jobs or you're going to have to change career goals. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, you talking all day long and then trying to sing some of these very difficult songs that have a five octave range Mm -hmm. that you do. You do well if but you would do 10 times better if you didn't have to talk all day long. And uh, and she said, and another thing, I don't know how you're going to take this. She said, if you're going into an opera career, everything else must go. I said, what do you mean? And she said, well, there are other types of music that can be hard on the vocal cords. And you have to, your vocal cords have to be pure and smooth. Uh, you can't do the heavy metal, the rock, and some gospel. It's going to be too hard on your voice. Mm. And I thought, she doesn't know what she's talking about. And then <clears throat> after I'm like, this chick knows <laughs> what she's talking Blasted. about. Yes. <laughs> so I didn't, I wasn't. And she said, most of all, if you're not madly in love with going into opera, it may not be a good idea for you to do it because it takes a commitment to put together an opera. It takes a minimum of two years. Mm. And I said, whoa. So, ta-ta. <laughs> it's as far as the only way she could, another way she described it for me, she said it's you talking all day long and trying to sing an opera in the evening is like a ballerina on her feet as a waitress all day and then that's trying a, to come in and dance. That's a good analogy. All right, next word. Author. <laughs> beginner I have quote unquote authored articles and uh on a small scale and of course my first book and when I say beginner I'm going to say beginner to the day I die even if I write books um even if I've published I don't know 50 books by that time because every time you sit down to write, you have to go back to the beginning, back to your roots, back to the foundation that helps you to write. And that's the almighty God. I, I have to begin that way. I'm in minister's training school now uh, to get my license as a minister. And it's a long story beyond that. Not to pastor or to run a missionary society is for the women. <laughs> Jesus. 
but uh, <laughs> to for uh, I just want to know the word and I want to make sure that there's accountability there about what I am presenting to my audience. Uh, authenticity means a lot to me. And um, as far as authoring or being an author, uh, I am. I believe that I am a beginner in everything, and also I am a beginner for others. Meaning, I love to write in order to help people get clarity. I mean, I, my mission is to teach, inspire, and encourage empowerment. And when you read and when you give to people, I think that initially the foundation of it is to find ways to help them, to empower them, to get them from point A to point B in their lives. It's not just about you. Now, what do you wish you can do more of? Sleep! No! <laughs> <laughs> my body sometimes my brain um my everybody I know that's close friends with me they're like good grief crystal what don't you do um somebody said that recently to me when I said no I think that if you're going to invest in property and I started explaining something to them they say well how do you know that and I said oh I was a realtor (laughs) (laughs) what else I said oh honey In some cases, it was a curiosity thing. And in other cases, it was a survival thing. Mm -hmm. So you just going in that direction. And God knew, God knows how we tick and he knows how to to lead us to different things to build us up and to train us. But um, I think that, um, as I said earlier, I just want to make sure that... uh, I give people what they need. And when I say sleep, I don't necessarily mean the physical side of it, of eyes closed, under the covers. I mean, resting my mind uh, and asking God to help me to do that. And there are things that I have discovered or he has revealed to me uh, that helps me to let my mind rest. It is so necessary. You, Anything you have in this world you have to give it a rest. And I think the earth is resting <laughs> to mm-hmm. some degree with um, the shutdowns here and there. Because even my church is to shut down once a, uh, one week in the year, in the summer, around the 4th of July, just to give the building a rest. Mm-hmm. And everybody needs to be able to rest. You need to rest your mind. And, um, and I had a hard time doing that. Uh, growing up. And it was part because it was natural and part because of the nonstop gimme, 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 gimme's from everybody surrounding me and me being able to follow suit and to a kind of not saying that in pride because it's nowhere near in pride. It's just that if I couldn't figure it out, if I couldn't do it for you, I could figure out who could and get you in that direction. Um, I wasn't always right, you know, I can't claim that God is, but I was, you know, I did my very best to appease as much as I possibly could. And I think teaching myself now the Sabbath, the true Sabbath is what I'm working on and, and then finding balance in it. Because when I finally do get to rest, 
uh, I noticed that either one or two things happen. And one of those things is I am so rejuvenated. My mind is excited to do the next thing. And I've got all these ideas bouncing. And then on mm-hmm. the other hand, on the other hand, the other thing that happens is I get the greatest rest that I don't want to hear from or talk to anybody. Come on now. I want everybody out. And I'm not a big TV watcher, but I don't I don't even want the TV on. I don't want the phone ringing. I don't want the birds to chirp. Hey, cut that out. <laughs> I know you don't understand me, but I'm going to throw a rock at you. You don't cut that. Girl. Because I'm with you when you're right, because I'm like, Lord, my brain is forever running. When I lay my head down, I'm trying to sleep. It's running. I literally have to have something like the TV on to, mm-hmm. and I have a timer on it so it'll shut off when I think I'm going to go to sleep because I'm like I'm trying to block out whatever, what everything my mind is running through and I'm like Jesus in the shower I'm, my brain is running and I'm like can I just like just not think and I remember growing up my mother used to look at me and she would be like stop thinking I'd be like what wow okay. she says so you're just sitting the there same. just thinking we had the same mom. But you know what? She phrased it different. She said, mm, I don't like it when you're quiet because I know you're thinking of something. <laughs> yeah. Just, you're up. just mind my own business. Just, just being a child. Like I tell you, even um, my friend said that. And I remember one time my ex-husband saying that. And I, he said, look at you ticking. Look at you ticking. When it comes, it just comes. I don't like when it comes after 8 o'clock because then it's like 2 in the morning. I'm mm-hmm. trying to get my to shut it down uh but i praise god for the gift it's just that fine-tuning that gift uh has been unusually uh unique but i praise god that now i get the sleep to some degree right (laughs) that i need because sometimes you could be asleep and you're still not resting what i try to do now i try to get up before everybody in the house Mm -hmm. and just sit by myself Mm-hmm. And but nothing on I, I have a um on my Spotify I found this um playlist where it's just nothing but like soft piano music and I play that mm-hmm. and I read my scripture decompress for a little bit sometimes I might get an hour sometimes I might get thirty minutes sometimes it's five depends on when everybody find like they, they <laughs> get up early too I'm like God dog it but whatever <laughs> <laughs> I get I it. And I also am trying to stay off social media so much. Oh, God, yes. Even though I know that's part of my business. Yes, yes, yes. But I'm like, once I'm done posting, I need to get off. (laughs) And it sneaks up on you. Yeah, because no, not only after I post, I want to look at what you posted. Then I want to come back and look at who all like what I posted. And then I want to look and see well, who else posted something. And then I go back to see who looked at my story. And then I want to go back. Oh my goodness. Day. Day. And then I'm like, I got to get ready for a podcast. I got to write these questions down. I need to study their bio. Jesus, take the wheel. So I'm like, okay, so I gave myself a time just to get off and not mm-hmm. to just not look at it, don't touch it, just act like it don't exist. And when mm-hmm. I tell you this is the hardest thing. Oh, yeah. We talk about kids, but it is it is designed 
to make you stay on there. And I think one of the tests that I saw when I used to watch HGTV religiously, when mm-hmm. I had cable, I cut cable out a long time ago. When I was married, my ex-husband, he wanted uh, TV. And I said, okay, that's on you, dude, but I'm not watching this all day long. <laughs> uh, but on, I could not understand why I could not pull away from HGTV, other than the fact that I just love HGTV. Mm-hmm. It they, in television um, over the years, you know, when I was uh, learned about broadcasting and stuff, as soon as a show goes off, you know, as soon as you see the credits, what's the first thing that comes up? A commercial in radio. Mm-hmm. But what would happen if you didn't do a commercial and you just went right into the next show? Hmm. Because commercials automatically trigger us to say, OK, let me put this down while the commercial's on. Mm hmm. Because we weren't able to cut off the commercial. You know, now you can do DVRs and all that other stuff. And now even um, YouTube, you know, you can skip it. Of course, now they make it go for five seconds longer. So, (laughs) right. But uh, that's how that's how it works. And uh, with with Facebook uh, and Instagram and everything, notice there's like nine million things that stimulate your mind all around the screen, whether it's on the phone or your phone screen or the desktop. And it's visual. It's visual. You don't see people being fanatical about anything audible. But mm-hmm. visual, it, it, you know, the eye gates, where the Bible talks about the eye gates and then the ear gates and how we have to be careful of the things that pop up. I re, uh, Like, uh, speaking of being careful, I hate the fact that when people send me stuff and they may yes. think it's a thing and they may think it's just a joke or whatever, <laughs> but sometimes it can be really crass or really disgusting, but you don't know it until you open it up. Mm-hmm. How else the Holy Spirit, of course, and the Holy Spirit, every time it's saying, don't open it, don't open it, don't mm-hmm. open that. Now I have a tendency that if I feel like I don't open that, then I literally just delete it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't need anything else going in my eye gates. I don't need anything else going in my hearing, but it's something about seeing things that draws uh, human beings to want to look further. And that's the, just that scientific and uh, the way God has designed us, the uh, whoever created the internet and Facebook and all of that, you know, they knew how to work that to keep you watching uh, and then to monitor you watching. And now they have, you know, the research they need just by monitoring what you click on, how you click on it, what time you clicked on it, mm-hmm. and what's your demographic, you know. Uh, so it's like Big Brother already exists. I don't know if you're familiar with that term. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Big Brother already exists, and, and he's monitoring everything that you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's good reasons behind that and not so good, but I'm not going to get into that. Uh, no, I mean, because I'm like, okay, I want to use it as far as promotion. Promotion. Yeah, promotion. <laughs> Maybe Strict. a few little ha-ha things here and there or whatever, but yeah. I just don't want to, I'm like, I don't get any work done <laughs> if I allow myself to be on that dog on phone staring and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and and yeah, but most time like you, if somebody send me a link 
even if they're my best friend or what, mm-hmm. I won't hit it just because mm-hmm. I, it's not that I don't trust them. Mm-hmm. I don't trust that link. Yes, yes, yes. Because yes. a lot of times those links are connected to some type of virus or yes. and, and your friend don't know it or they've been hacked and you don't they know don't it know. and they I, don't know it and you didn't click on it. So I'm like, I just choose not to click on anybody's link. And anything that has to do with politics or anything like that, I really don't click on it because I'm like, I don't even care. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm so burnt out with that altogether. Yes. I really am. But somebody, somebody that saves sanctified filled with the Holy Ghost needs to be ready for office. That's all Ain't I'm that going to say about that. <laughs> Ain't that it. Can you tell me a little bit more about your, well, you didn't tell me anything about it, but can you tell me about your book that you have coming out? Oh, it's already out. It's uh, I published it in 2015. However, I don't push it because there were a lot of major changes going on in my life. And, um, and the deadline that the publisher had, they had some changes going on, but they, ne- they were not lenient to me. Uh, in changing that deadline. So mm-hmm. contractually, I had to get it out, whether it was raggedy or in excellent condition. And it was not in excellent condition because also at that time, a friend of mine, and I did not know she was still going through a divorce as well. She was my editor and she was doing it for free and she's excellent. Mm-hmm. But as we got down to the wire, uh, the latter portion of it where you have to look through it and edit again, she was not available. Uh, She had just gotten a promotion and she said, I just don't have time. You missed your window of time. And, and uh, I knew it was more than that. I knew it had a lot to do with what she was dealing with as well. So told them, I said, look, you, the, you guys, um, your company did not jump in and try to help the young man who was my contact person. Uh, he had actually a family overseas and ran into some problems. It just ended up being a mess. Mm-hmm. And I did the best I could because I was working extremely long hours. So I didn't get a chance to really edit it myself until like one and two in the morning. And I'm mm-hmm. snoring while I'm typing. So when it finally came out, there was one word in there that, oh my gosh, was so embarrassing. I said, because the tag end of my name is M-E-D, you know, master's in education. Mm-hmm. Yet there's a misspelling of per se. And mm-hmm. I said, oh my God, does that say P-E-R-S-A-Y? Jesus! Oh, oh my God! I said, okay, it's official. I'm not pushing this book right now. I've got to re-edit. So this year... At the beginning of the year, before COVID, I was budgeting out, <laughs> you know, paying okay. an editor. Found a brilliant editor who is fantastic, and I can't pay her because I've had a reduction, you know, in salary with, you know, one of my one of my three jobs. Mm-hmm. So I gotta wait until um, until, as we all are <laughs> waiting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the book itself is called "Who Art in Heaven." the divine symmetry of arts and education. And in a nutshell, and that's another thing I'm going to uh, change a little bit in there too. In a nutshell, it's just really kind of a combination memoir and biblical understanding of the fact that the arts and academic arenas 
are not just for people's entertainment or their release because they're so talented in this area or that area. It is an avenue that God has allowed so that we will have a better understanding on our level of who God is and what he has called us to do. That's number one. Number two, he allowed us to develop these different areas uh, so that because they tie into how we were designed. Like I am artsy, so I'm very, very right brain and I'm still left brain mm-hmm. in the sense of I get things in order and I'm a good administrator, but um, I am, I'm the kooky, crazy, colorful, don't hand me a notebook unless it's got vibrant colors in it or something. <laughs> so my attention, and then I can imagine things. Mm-hmm. But I noticed throughout the years of my entire life, when people find out you're an artist or you're artistic, then you're irresponsible mm-hmm. and you're an idiot and you're a goofball and you can't mm-hmm. count. Or if you are very good in as an as a scientist or in in technology you're a geek you're no fun uh you don't know how to be versatile you're stoic and those kinds of labels most of the time comes from somebody that's completely opposite mm-hmm. so God has given us a chance to see that. Check this out. I've given you an example of how the left brain person and the right brain person can work together and have to work together because I gave you a left brain, right brain. So your right side of your brain works the left side of your body and vice versa. So if God went through all that trouble to show us how much both sides of our brains need each other, It is an example of how we all need each other. So we need to learn how to love, respect, value, appreciate, and be kind to each other and listen. I get irritated and I start falling asleep when I'm in a science class. (laughs) But if you bring out some pretty colors of the intestines and the heart, I'm like, ooh. Ain't that (laughs) it. So you're left-handed too, right? No, I'm right-handed. Really? Uh, yes, right-handed. Now, my mom was both, and there's a term for that. Mm-hmm. But the book is not, and some people think the book is like uh, a thesis or something for a doctorate. Uh, no. It's a fun book that gives you, it's, it's written from a memoir perspective, meaning the impact of my mom as a teacher, as a pastor's wife, et cetera, and as an artist, and how she filtered in every area, every arena, and those, and I have eight of them on the wheel on the front of my book, those eight areas and how they interlock to make us better and greater people and to help us to understand who we are in Christ with each other. So it's a memoir. I tell crazy things, funny things, silly things that took place that helped me appreciate math, that helped me appreciate physical education, that helped me appreciate science, as well as what helped me to appreciate music and dance, et cetera, so on and so forth. Um, I That's, and I said I'd give you the gist, but that was a fat gist. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm actually teaching from the book uh, in 
one of the ministers in training classes, uh, they felt like it was necessary because our church started out in performing arts. Mm. Um, my, my pastor didn't start out with a church. He started out with a ministry tool as plays and musicals. And then the Lord told him to start a church. So he incorporated that ministry within the church ministry. So I, my question was year, what, 15 years ago, to (laughs) one of, uh, to the elder that was over the educational side of the church. And I said, I find it peculiar that I'm looking at this list for ministers and training classes, but nothing in here deals with the arts, but everything about this ministry is the arts. Mm -hmm. Why is that so? And he said, because you're supposed to write the book. So I wanted to punch him in the gut, but I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) But I knew it needed to be written, not just for my church, but for the world, that we would stop um, disrespecting each other and our value. And there's an example in it that I gave that even though I'm the producer of the plays, I can't blow off the young lady who's over the finance department and tell her, you don't know what you're talking about. God told me to write mm-hmm. this. We right. have to have a volcano in the sanctuary, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if it's not in the budget. You're not trusting God. <laughs> you have to respect everybody and mm-hmm. how to uh, utilize um, the gifts that God has given you, not to show off that you're the stuff and nobody can survive without you. But you have to be willing to bend and adjust uh, to whatever the given situation is. Because the mindset of somebody that handles the finances at a church is going to be different from the mindset and the approach and the motivation of somebody working at a bank. Yes, you still have to do the numbers correctly. You have to do it in excellence. However, the purpose behind it all is going to be different. Therefore, your motivation is going to be different. Right. You know what? I'm so glad I got to talk to you. On today. (laughs) Bless the Lord. Oh, I enjoyed you, sis. I really did. See you. I enjoyed you. Boy, them questions you got. I'm gonna have to write you say, hey, hey, I gotta interview so and so and tell me what to ask. Make make them make them See, I love it, but I love it because we do need to um dig deeper. No, there isn't a time in our lives that, that we just kind of say, Hey, this is me. Take it mm-hmm. a easy. Uh-uh, right. no. You have to continue growing. We have Amen. to continue evolving in Christ. Amen. Now, how can people contact you? Either through my website, cjoyministries.com, uh, or through my email address, contact at gmail.com. Uh, the only reason I don't give out my phone number, if I had two numbers and I don't yet, but I will, uh, is because I've had some strange people contacting me what? through social media. I'm just going, what part of I Love Jesus has anything to do with porn? Can what? you please? I got some freaky folk contacting me. Uh, I know. Oh. And they and they don't mind and they don't care. Oh no, because they figure what they got to lose. So right, girl, the filth, Florin, Florin, filth that I've seen in my DM in my inbox is the bonus oh, of it all. But here's here's the thing: the unfortunate thing about it 
is that there are some Christian women that would pick it up and say and run with it, either because they're curious or because they have a weakness in that area, or they've already justified the fact that mm, all I got to do is repent and I'm good. Mm-hmm. So if I go back to repent, you know. Uh, so that's what the enemy does. He throws it out there to see if you'll you'll catch you'll take a bite into the bait. Right. But if you have firm foundation with the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, and accountability, mm-hmm. then uh, then you can pull yourself away from that. All right, you ready for your last one? Oh my goodness! <laughs> am I gonna am I gonna need to take some Xanax or something? <laughs> You might be able to get some rest after this interview. <laughs> oh, my mama. My but they're great questions. You're brilliant. You are absolutely brilliant. I'm Thank loving you. it. All right, here you go. Mm-hmm. If you could have any song be your theme song when you walked into a room, what would it be and why? <laughs> oh, wow. Uh mm. I was going to say a song from years ago, but uh, that doesn't relate to, and I'm going to try not to cry, to where I am now. And that is a song by Richard Smallwood titled, Thank You. Mm. You hear the melody in my head for the times that you, that I had fallen. Thank you. That you picked me up. Thank you. Mm. What? Thank you. Thank you. It it was that you. One of the songs used to be New Attitude. <laughs> Not Patty. <laughs> yes, I did. New dress, a new hat. <laughs> but I don't have any of that without the Lord Jesus. I have nothing without him. I have nothing, and I am nothing without him. Mm-hmm. I think about um, what happened with, I think it was Nebuchadnezzar in the Bible, where he said that he was even greater than God, and Daniel was like, oh, that was a stupid thing to say, buddy. Lord said, oh, you really think so? So he was literally in the woods just eating like a savage person and couldn't get his head together, and so when the, the Lord finally lifted that intensity of him saying he's superior because you can't be, Mm-mm. you can't, you, you, you just can't, I don't mm-hmm. care. And you know, I see it now where you can tell that different countries are trying to take over the world. And I'm like, yes. you cannot handle it. Humility and gratitude um, and holiness. It, it, it takes you a long, long way, a Amen. long way. Amen. Uh, given situation. So yes, thank you, Richard Smallwood. I'm very grateful to God because, you know, if I think back about everybody's got skeletons in their closet and they think that stealing bubble gum is not as bad as stealing a billion dollars just because one has, may have greater consequences. Mm -hmm. It's still sin. Sin is sin. It's just Mm -hmm. wrong. Even those little things though, that juicy fruit gum (laughs) that's Mm -hmm. in my closet is as big as the billion dollars I stole that's in my closet. And I'm speaking metaphorically, so I don't I know, want anybody to I know. They're coming for uh, you. Let me at my door. I said, well, honey, if you see it in this little cottage, go for it and give me some because I hadn't that's seen it. it. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm just grateful to God. I'm grateful to you, Lily, and I love what you're doing. I love who you are. Um, I love how much you have blessed me. I am grateful to God for that you were born. I'm thankful 
that uh, he has blessed me to get to know another godly woman uh, with a brilliant sense of humor and some <laughs> off the chain questions. <laughs> I'm just like, let me go back. <laughs> okay. A tear was about to shoot out until you said. <laughs> I'm like, she digging real deep. I'm going to put my thumb in my mouth and crawl up in a corner. I don't know what I for. <laughs> I didn't know I had to lay down on the couch for this. <laughs> no, I just, uh, I love it. It's, you know, when people ask those kinds of questions, it shows me that they are deeply rooted in God thinkers, that everything is not um, cut and dry when it comes to the human being's life, that there is always something that led up to their actions or their decisions. And that we, it's so important for us to take the time to seek God and uh, really be honest with ourselves. So solid, insightful questions is definitely uh, what God uh, encourages us to do, not just for ourselves, but for each other. So it was a huge reward to me uh, for you to interview me because it gave me a chance to uh, really peel off some things. And more than anything, not only did it uh, increase the gratitude that I have of such a sweet, enduring sister as yourself, but it made me wake up to some things that I need to adjust and I need to change, but, and definitely things that I am grateful for that even uh, when I went down Dingbat Lane, <laughs> the Lord was either at the end of the road with a stop sign or a car accident, so I would turn the other way. Or oh, man. juice. Good grief. <laughs> That's why I say God got a sense of humor, because I know there's been times he looked at me and was like, precious lamb, all right. <laughs> You, you'll get through this. You'll figure it out. My goodness. And, and, and they say, hey, what are you doing? Okay. Like, uh, excuse you, hello. And, you know, my goofy butt. I'm like, okay, 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 okay. Wait a minute. Hold on, hold on. What's I saying? What's I saying? Oh, my goodness. I thank God for uh, his sense of humor. Amen. And, uh, that he's not laughing at us, but with us. When mm -hmm. I hear him laughing in my so let me tell you how much sense of humor he's got. I I woke up and it was time for me to go to work. I was like, Ugh, I don't feel like going to work. I don't feel like it. So I, I didn't even press the snooze button because I didn't want to hear it again. <laughs> I just lie. I was lying in the bed and I said, Lord, just please, please just wake me up. I mean, just wake me up in 10 minutes. Just give me 10 more minutes, Lord. And I'm lying, my head is back on the pillow. And, you know, it was 6.30. It was exactly 6.30 when my alarm went off. 6.33, 6.33 for uh, Matthew 6.33. Uh, seek ye first, just to remind me to read the word first. Somebody hit me upside the head between the pillow and my head. When I felt it, I sat up, I said, who in the, oh, wait a minute. I live by myself. <laughs> 
said, Lord, no, you didn't. <laughs> he slapped me upside my head. Like, if you don't get your tail off. <laughs> I knew that solidified it right there. If anybody ever asked me if God had a sense of humor, I said, oh, yes, he did. Oh, yes, he does. Oh, and yes, man, he does. He Yes, he does. So um, I I could not believe that happened, but then I believed it because he is so colorful and so beautiful and so pure at the mm. same time. Um, the essence of everything that he does is love. The foundation of what he does is love. The things that he says and the things that he allows to happen, COVID-19 God allowed, you know, I had somebody said, no, he made it. I said, no, honey. No, he did not do that. I'd make no. that. But no. he made all of us as human beings. And he knew that once uh, our great, 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 great grandparents disobeyed him in the Garden of Eden, we opened the door to not just um, a revelation of God and how great he is, but a revelation of other options. Mm-hmm. that he never intended and he knew why and that's why I, want, I mean you tell your kids all day long hey don't cross the street don't this is an ice cream truck hey mm-hmm. hey can get ice cream but don't go across the street right now uh, it's just across it and you know and he's mm-hmm. like all right he'll hold your hand and if you snatch that hand away and take off running um, that's on you that's on you. That's on you, homie. <laughs> now, does it break his heart? Yes, it would break your heart to see your child hit by a car. Mm-hmm. It's devastating. So it mm-hmm. does break his heart when we end up hurting ourselves because we were disobedient. Um, so, and then to realize that it hurts other people mm-hmm. because, you know, uh, with the COVID-19, somebody in the lab was just trying to figure out something new. And and how did it get released? Did right. you sit did you set it down on the counter and somebody that was decided to take a break that was a janitor or something, or was an intern that came in and said, Oh, what's this? Mm-hmm. And dumped water. You don't we don't know. Right. We don't know. And we don't know if people are telling the truth about where it started um, because they're trying to cover themselves. We don't know if somebody got paid to create this mess and right. start it over. So when you are, when we're living in these kinds of, in this world, you just have to trust God and believe God and follow God. Mm -hmm. And I really think that if, if nothing else, the Lord is allowing us to just slow down. Girl, get off my phone. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, you, you know, slow down for real. For real. Slow down. And actually, I hate to say it, but I've probably been busier now because I'm more creative now mm. because of the slowdown. And it, I've been able to talk to people who normally I wouldn't be able to talk to because they had to slow down. Girl. It, but you know what? I think now it's funny you should say busy. And I remember earlier I said, I'd rather, I'd, I'm like, uh, I love what Joyce Meyer said it about, uh, I don't want to be busy and fruitful. Right. And I feel like I am more fruitful now. Shh, don't, don't tell my bosses. Okay. <laughs> bosses, but I feel more <laughs> fruitful now only because I have a minute to think. Yes. I 
have a minute to rest. I have the flexibility. And and even in that, you still have to discipline yourself because I'm just like, okay, you need to go to bed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think now whatever we think, when we used to think of it a few months ago, that's all it was, was a thought. Now it's an action because now what we think, we can put it into action because we got the time to do so. Yes, yes. Um, I think that because, because of that, it helps me to reflect more on what I post. Yes. And how I approach people. Um, and I'm sure there will be some differences. I mean, because you have, you live with your family. And if I was still married, uh, I'm sure it'll be a different dynamic with that. If I was married and I had children, it would be a different dynamic. It's an interesting dynamic living alone and uh, living in a very quiet neighborhood mm-hmm. where everybody works all the time and it's only a couple of people on my block. It's interesting how much I realize there are moments where I really and truly do not want to be bothered with a living soul and I'm loving how things are. Yes. And ooh, and then there are other moments where, you know, and I think it comes from living alone, uh, where when I see a human being, I'm going, oh, there's more of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hi. Like, you. shut up. Hello. <laughs> that's why uh, the uh, guy that installed the uh, the new internet I have, he, I know he was practically running out of here like, girl, get a life. Okay, <laughs> just, just running your mouth with me. I don't know you. <laughs> but it was a good conversation, though. He was mm-hmm. very, very good conversation. But I, I, I apologized to him as he was leaving. I said, as you can see, I'm the only one on the street. <laughs> mm another human being i guess i'm kind of like you know how dogs when they see each other they start barking at each other right get excited oh yes 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 but it's a good thing uh everything that god does and everything he allows even if it doesn't feel like it has been a lot of deaths that's Mm -hmm. taken place had a couple of relatives who passed away and the only reason i'm saying that because they didn't die from covid but they died at a time that you couldn't go to a funeral yeah and that's the 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 scary part of it that that hurts the most because yes, you can't when, get that closure. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And and I and I was hoping that they videoed my aunt's funeral and they did and it was so depressing. Um, there was no music. There were no mm-hmm. flowers. No flowers. No plants. Just a casket and ten relatives. Oh. Oh my gosh. I said, uh, Lord Jesus. Mm, and there's mm, nothing I can do because she she was in um Chicago and I wanted to be there for my uncle, but he's so much older than I am. With this particular COVID thing, you don't know if you're a carrier and not getting it. Right, right. And sit on to someone else. So I couldn't hug him. I couldn't, you know, I was, I was like, oh my God, oh my God. And I didn't want to take any chances on making that drive and having to stop at this gas station and that gas station and forget a mm-hmm. mask or forget to wash my hands or forget, you know, and end mm-hmm. up taking it. So um, other than things like that, um, I think it's a huge blessing in so many other ways. Just like when, 
when uh, Jesus was born and all of the little boys that were killed. It's awful for all those other families, mm-hmm. but the Christ, the Christ, the one who's going to save us from all our sins was born. Yes. So um, to be able to trust God when it hurts is, I think, is the epitome of trust. Um, to know that he he is in control even when things hurt or when things seem out of control. Yes. Yes. Amen. Well, on that beautiful note. <laughs> that long note. It, it was a beautiful note, though. It was that operat- that operatic note that just hovers <laughs> in the atmosphere. <laughs> yes, yes, come through. You know, the just goodness. soars. Yes, yes. That's a good one, girl. That's a good one. <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> I enjoyed you and sis, I gotta have you back on here. Oh, I would love it. I would love it. You probably need to put a timer on there. Hey, <laughs> I, I can have all the time I want. It's my show. So yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And you might have to let get you a couch to lay on, but you are. <laughs> yes, and have a cold rag on my head. Okay. <laughs> Oh, oh my goodness! But you got my number. Cool, so, cool. So you, it says you in solitude. You chit chat. <laughs> <laughs> that that's awesome. Thank you so much for offering. I would love. I'm lo- I'm locking your number in, girl. Good, good. Well, I'm gonna let you go because I know you have another meeting to go to. Yes, yes, yes. And it's not online or anything. I've got to. It's a phone meeting. Okay. And promising during the time I was so busy. Now mm-hmm. that I am, you know, uh, being fruitful, I am going to follow up with this phone call. Hey, I'm going to try to change my busy to fruitfulness. That is a very, that's a better word, I think. Because mm-hmm. it, it checks the motivation. Yes, yes, uh, yes. Behind what you're doing and how long you're doing it. Because, girl, I'm so glad. Misery loves company. I'm so glad I'm not the only one on social media going, Get off of here. I mean, and I had the nerve to have a timer on there to let me know how long I've been on there. And I would just dismiss it and just keep on scrolling. News, click on. Okay, like whatever. And who else said that? Let me see what what this person's talking about. (laughs) And by the end of the day, it's riffraff. Yes. It's nothing. Foolishness. And everything I said I was going to do that day, I didn't. Been doing. Woo! Girl. Yep. Just right. We'll hold each other accountable on that one. Okay. I will text you. You get off of there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I will take it. <laughs> you have a good one. <laughs> God bless you. God, God bless, bless you. You too. Have a blessed one. Right, you too. All right. Bye bye. Thank you, Crystal, for being on my show. When I tell you I enjoyed you being on my show, girl, I enjoyed you. You were truly a blessing. And if you would like to be on Broly Church Girl, click the link below, shoot me an email, and let's see what we can do with that thing. You really don't want to miss another show. You need to hit that subscription button so you can never, ever, 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 ever
miss another episode. And once again, thanks for joining your one and only Worldly Church Girl. <laughs>